Okay, before we get started here, um, for anyone who is new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. I welcome you with open arms. Uh, second of all, just want to let you know that this is a serial podcast. So, you know, if you want the full story, you're going to have to start all the way at episode one and work your way up here. Um, or if you don't want to do all that, because that's a lot of listening, I would start at episode, it's called uh, Trip 5, The Answer. Trip 5, The Answer. It's a freaking barn burner, y'all. It's an unbelievable episode. If you want to start there, feel free. Or to go listen to everything, because that's awesome too. Uh, otherwise, if you don't care about that, whatever, just listen now. I don't care. I love you anyways. Uh, let's do this. Greetings, journeymen and journeywomen. Uh, we're back. Trip number six is coming right down the pipe here. And we're gonna. I'm going to try to talk as fast as I can here and get this intro out of the way, because... We got another long one on our hands here, so I just got to talk fast and get this out of the way as soon as I can. So, how do I start? So, I actually was actually not going to do this trip episode because when I looked at all the notes that I had prepared for it and all the stuff and and listened to the recording that I had done, I actually, this is the first trip that I actually recorded on my iPhone um, in the moment, the entire trip, and I was all dictating in the moment what was going on. Um... When I listened to the recording and I was prepping all of my notes for the interview and stuff, it, it, it there's a lot of awesome whiz-bang badass stuff that happened on this trip. Like beautiful stuff and terrifying stuff and just really cool stuff. But in terms of, of pushing the plot along of, you know, my trajectory of my journey, keep in mind I still have two other journeys. I know where the end point is, right? And so I know what the, the central themes of everything and the trajectory is. So this this trip was almost like a filler. Uh, it was a, it was kind of like a punctuation mark, an extension, if you will, of of trip number five. Um, it just it added some more critical information of of you know from that trip, but you know so I almost didn't do it. Uh, you know I didn't do the 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 interview or the episode, and so uh, but something happened to me a couple days ago that smacked me in the face, and it was like you got to do it. The, the friggin' message here is very important, and you got to do it. And so here we go. I'm doing it. And, and it's badass, y'all. Don't get me wrong. Don't let me, don't let me fool you about, you know, oh, it doesn't push the plot along. There is, this is like a freaking diehard <laughs> cliffhanger, you know, like th- th- this is some badass whiz-bang kind of stuff. Awesome stuff. So I guess that's all I need to, to tell you aside from... Uh, yeah, there's a segment towards the end where in this episode, I really, really get deep, deep, deep into what the, uh, God, goddess, angel, or whatever you want to call it looks like. Then I got so detailed on that, that I decided, man, it's, it's too much to have up front. So I put it at the end. So, um, you know, it's, this episode seems longer than it actually is because of that. You know, I have like a 20 minute segment at the end describing God. And so if you don't want to hear that, just don't worry about it. Otherwise, let's strap in and let's get going with trip number six. Welcome to my journey through the Pantheos. Trip six. Cups. Yeah, you, you heard that right. Just, just, just cups. We're still looking at it. I was rolling on the moon one day, day. 
So right after trip number five, I basically knew that there was um, more questions that needed to be answered. Like there, there really isn't much in the way of a prelude as as to why I I went, you know, and had another trip. Okay, it was basically I need more questions answered. Period. And uh, at that point, I had I had done my last bit of ayahuasca. I had, I had ran out of ayahuasca, and I had procured more mushrooms. So I decided I'm going to finally go all in on mushrooms. I, I, I hadn't quite gone like full into the heroic dose. And that's what I did. And because I had such, you know, tremendous luck tripping during the day, um, a lot of people tell you you need to trip at night. Um, you know, the lessons, the, the amount of light in the room and stuff like that and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Y'all, I had the most mind-blowing, crazy, amazing trip of my life in trip number five in daylight, basically. In the, you know, in the middle of the day, it was, it was like, it was like noon, okay? So I was like, I'm going to do the same thing with, uh, with, with mushrooms. So I got some golden teachers. So I, I took six grams of mushrooms and I, 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 so I took these mushrooms, uh, for some reason, y'all, uh, looking at those, I keep mentioning tile, um, tiles, you know, and the, and the patterns in the tile that make it look like marble or whatever, those swirly looking patterns for whatever reason, that pattern, if I look at it, uh, on psychedelics launches me into my trip. That's how I know it's about to go down. If I see all that starting to smoke and swirl around, I know I'm about to go in. So I went up to my, you know, master bathroom, which has the most tile in the house like that set up shop, you know, right outside of the shower, basically. I'm sitting in front of my 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 tub, and uh, I set up a little pallet there. I got some music that I'm playing, and I'm kind of facing my closet with doors closed, and and I'm kind of facing my closet and uh, the shower, right? It's like my shower and, and my closet are kind of in front of me there. And so I, I took the I took six grams and I strapped in. Um, sat there actually on the couch with my girlfriend, uh, and watched some like PBS nature show until it started to kick in. And when I noticed, you know, the, the whole vision expanding kind of thing, uh, your, you know, your field of view expands and your head starts to hurt, you know, cause, uh, you're, you're starting to increase the gamma in your brain, the brain waves and everything. It, your brain starts to hurt. And so, uh, when I felt the headache and I felt the, you know, the field of vision expand, I knew it was about to go down and I thought to myself, okay, go in and use the restroom right now before you trip, because you don't want to be in the middle of a mind blowing experience and your bladder's about to explode. It's like, you just don't want to do it. So I run into the restroom real fast. And as I'm, you know, using the restroom, I noticed that, um, and this is, by the way, this is something that I have seen on all of my trips. I just didn't remember to describe it. Um, there's, there's actually quite a bit of instances where I accidentally leave stuff out. Um, this is one of those things that I've seen on every trip, but, uh, for whatever reason, I'm calling it out now, but I saw what amounted to contour lines and, what I mean by that is, have you ever looked at a map, a topogra topographical map or whatever, topography, where it's trying to show you how tall a mountain is or whatever, or how deep a valley is and how they do it is with these little contour lines on the map. 
that represent the steepness of, you know, the terrain or whatever. So I basically saw that uh, on pretty much everything that I was looking at was, was these contour lines. And they weren't just static. They were kind of flowing and moving. And on those lines, there's little, what looks like little stars that are kind of twinkling. And then you, sometimes you get a little swirl in there, like a little whirlpool that is very colorful and bright and shimmery. But they're moving and they're flowing. And, you know, that started to pop up in the restroom. And I was like, oh, you know, things are about to get crazy. And of course, there uh, with that came that whole shimmery fabric that I mentioned in, in trip number five. The room started, it was like getting coated in that in that fabric. And so uh, when I knew it was time to leave the restroom, well, first of all, I was done using the restroom, but the, those contour lines started to kind of, as they were flowing, they started to converge and channel and flow out of the restroom. And, and it is kind of like an arrow that was pointing me out of the restroom and saying, like, get the hell out of there and go into the main master bathroom, you know, part. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> no problem. Uh, zipped up, flush the toilet, get out there. And uh, I, I, uh, I push play on my music. I sit down, you know, getting ready to get ramped up into this. I had uh, put together a playlist of, you know, beautiful music that I thought was going to really help me on my, on my, uh, you know, my journey. And because a lot of times music can play in with the synesthesia that you experience on, on psychedelics and it, it, it changes the landscape. And when the music changes, your perspective changes and like stuff, it's, it's beautiful. So had this playlist going and, um, there's a lot of Corinne Bailey Ray on that playlist because I find her music to be some of the most beautiful music you'll ever hear in your entire life. Um, if you don't know who Corinne Bailey is, I implore you go out and download the, an album called the sea. Listen, uh, um, look up the story behind that album and then read the lyrics and listen to the songs. It'll change your life. Uh, so I, you know, playing this music and, you know, lo and behold, everything starts to get more intense. Those like those contour lines, that were um, flowing everywhere. They were flowing throughout the room and they were starting to converge all in this central point, basically on the shower mat right outside of my shower. And so the contour lines start to converge and they, they form a, a, a little ball basically about the size of a, a volleyball or so. Okay, y'all. So basically, what's what I'm saying here is that uh, these contour lines turned into the godlike figure that I've always seen on all of my trips. Now I go into extreme detail of explaining what this thing exactly looked like because I got a very, very clear and vivid uh, image and vision of what it was, and got to stand up and like walk around and investigate it. And I and I. <laughs> I spend a good almost 25 minutes explaining exactly what it looks like, uh, but it, it took too long. So I'm skipping past that part. But uh, a couple things to keep in mind, because I mentioned it in, in my story, is that just the basics of what it looks like is that it's, it's like this crystal ball uh, that has like a lens like effect where it's bending light uh, behind it, you know, just like a lens that's at the core. And then there's a humanoid looking um, uh, shape or whatever you, you want to call it, like silhouette 
uh, that that is around it, and then it has these uh, appendages on each side that you could interpret as wings. They're very symmetrical, and then also that the, there are these little orbs of light, uh, probably about like fifteen to twenty little tiny orbs. Uh, some of them are bigger, but these little orbs of light that are orbiting um, the you know the godlike creature, and then there's a cytoplasm, what I call it, like inside of of uh, this god creature uh being or whatever that's moving around and so the planetoids are kind of moving around it you know those little spheres are moving um the wings are kind of moving they're flowing very gently and then the cytoplasm inside of it is flowing very gently and um whenever you are because i mentioned that um uh, a mushroom trip you had to play charades with god at least that's my experiences it's not the same with everyone else, but with me, you have to play charades. So whenever you're playing charades with God, it um, y- whenever you're, you're starting to understand the message that it's trying to convey to you, those, um, all, all those movements will, will increase in speed and, and fluidity. Like um, the cytoplasm will move faster. The little, the little orbiting spheres will orbit faster. The wings will move faster. And sometimes they dance. And then... Um, uh, if you get something incredibly right, you have what I call a hand clap moment where, you know, if, if two people are um, are talking uh, and, and trying to convey something to each other that's very complex and, you, you know, like the, the energy rises and people are like, oh, it's kind of like this. And the other one doesn't quite get it yet, but now he's starting to get it. And then when he finally gets it, you like slap, you clap your hands. You're like, you're like, yes, you got it now. So I had I had some moments like that and God's hand clap moments, y'all are unbelievable like like launch you out of your body like you know you get hit with a shock wave of like gravity waves and, and a pulse of energy i go in anyways i go into long detail about that whole thing there's plenty more here but i'm putting it at the tail end of the episode um i don't need to get into it here it takes too long so anyway we're, we're going to jump back but that's the basics of the creature that i saw so now getting back into the story and again, I'm going to put the whole description uh, description of this at the end because it is fascinating. But anyway, back to the story. So, so there's this beautiful, unbelievable, ama- amazing thing sitting in front of me, um, ready to sit down and talk. And I'll never forget. Um, I'm fumbling around with the music, and a song comes on that is slightly inappropriate, like it. Corinne Bailey Ray's songs are just heartbreakingly beautiful, and it's definitely, in my opinion, like God music, like just beautiful stuff. But there is one song called Closer that is uh, slightly sexual, and her stuff isn't really sexual at all, but if you were to pick out any song out of Corinne Bailey Ray's canon, uh, this is the only slightly sexual song that she has, and I'm not about to go play a sexual song in front of God, right? And so... I'm all fumbling with the, uh, with my iPhone trying to, uh, like, I was like, and I remember like looking at God and, and like looking at my phone and being like, I'm sorry, let me just get to uh, another song here. Um, and I, I look God in the face and I go, I go, I'm sorry. I just want the music to be right. And there was this moment. It was, it was awesome. It was just great where God looked at me as if to say like, really? And, and, and I, I really, you know, I instantly recognized my folly. I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting there talking to the creator of the universe 
and I'm over here worried about the music selection. <laughs> but that was the most ridiculous thing you can say to God. I'm worried about the music. <laughs> it's trying to show me these amazing things. I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here like, I want the music to be right. It was hilarious. So I just turned the damn thing off. I was just like, you know what? You're right. I'm turning it off. I turned off the music and I'm sitting there with God. And right at the beginning, right from the start, it hit me with this uh, vision that he just kept hammering home the entire trip and other trips too. My my, my most recent uh, mushroom trip, he, he brought up the same image and it was uh, cups. Yes, you heard that right. Cups. So... There's that, you know, God figure with the crystal ball and the little planetoids and sitting around it is an an endless array. Now, it it didn't start off with with all the cups around it. You know, it it took form. It let me analyze it for a little bit. And then I sat down and it's and then when I sat down, uh, you know, I said the whole thing about the music or whatever. And then after once I had its full attention, um. It, it just kind of materialized a whole landscape in front of in front of it and around me and all throughout the restroom and beyond. I mean, you could see through the walls and all this other stuff of cups, different si- uh, sizes and shapes of cups. At first, I called them glasses, but uh, God was uh, very insistent that they were cups. And, and so I was uh, just endless array of cups. Again, all different shapes and sizes and beautiful. It was like this uh, fluorescent pink and blue kind of flowing into each other, like a, like an uninterrupted flow of, you know, it's pink and then it slowly turns into blue and uh, iridescent, um, beautiful and, and translucent still, right? And different, size sh- uh, different sizes and shapes, like I mentioned. And then in between each of the cups, there's like some space, right? Because... You know, um, you can see the floor basically, uh, you know, in the middle between the cups and each one of those spaces was filled with the, filled with this like godlike face. Um, I think a lot of people, if you were to go and, and look online and, and type in DMT space or whatever, that you're going to see, uh, um, the, these columns and they have these faces in, on those columns and um, th- those faces are what I saw in between all of the cups. And so God just kept uh, hammering home the cups, right? And I couldn't figure out what it was it was trying to tell me. And I just thought it was something cool that it was showing me. Just like, hey, look, you know, this is some cool stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like trying to get past it. I was like, okay, those cups are beautiful, blah, blah, blah. But the more I tried to brush it off, the more, you know, the cups got bigger and brighter and more in my face. Keep showing me those glasses. So you don't want to move away from that. We want to focus on that. Okay. And so I was like, okay, what, you really want me to pay attention to the cups? What's the big deal about the cups? And again, it can't tell me. Uh, It can only like suggest stuff. And so I started thinking about, okay, what is it about cups in my life that means something? And, um, there was my ex-wife had a bunch of cups over my house and stuff, uh, a bunch of uh, glasses and they were like Christmas glasses or whatever. 
And uh, me and my uh, girlfriend, we threw them away. It's like we never really used them. And we threw them away. Well, my ex like called me uh, or uh, texted me rather and said that she wanted them back. And I'm like, shit, we threw them away, yada, yada, yada. And so I was thinking to myself, okay, well, is God trying to tell me that these cups, like her cups are important? And maybe that this is a, um, a segue, like a bridge into a, a, maybe a reconciliation between her and I and, or something like that. Like I could use the cups as a conversation starter for, for, you know, trying to make everything better between, between her and I. And it, it could have meant that, uh, like I said, there was the, these causal fractals, right? Um, fractal patterns you could find a billion things about your life that involve cups and they probably are all part of the central theme of what it was trying to tell me. And that's not what it was trying to tell me that <laughs> I think if I was God, I'd be like, yeah, well, okay, sure. You know, that that's a good point too. And that's part of it. Right. But that's not what I'm trying to tell you altogether. There was a deeper message there and I eventually landed on it wasn't that I landed on it. It was that I got a thought like implanted, like thrust into my brain. And I know that kind of contradicts what I said earlier of you don't, you can't have a conversation. Uh, you're playing more charades on mushrooms. I don't know what, I don't know how to reconcile this either y'all, but I do know that that is how it's like for me anyway. But, but still every now and then you'll get these thoughts that just get like slammed into your brain that aren't yours. And, uh, sometimes you'll even say stuff that you can't control your mouth. And to me, it's like God speaking for me. And then, uh, other times, and the, the, um, this is really the first instance of it, uh, on this trip is other times God will basically take control of your body while you're playing charades and make you do something that you're then like, oh, oh, okay, that's what you mean. And, and, and your body is doing the action and you're seeing yourself, you can't control your hand moving and your hand's doing something. And you're like, oh, it's, it's, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. So what was that? What was I getting at here? Oh, cups. So, um, so the, the, the point that it was trying to make to me was that we are all cups and that we can, you know, our cups are, are never quite full where there's always more room for something to be poured in. Right. And, uh, we, we basically, it's like, what do you fill your cup with that defines, um, who you're, who you are in life? Like, are you filling your cup up with good or bad? And furthermore, are you filling other people's cups up with good or bad? I mean, that's kind of what life is, is all about in, in, in a sense. And, and by the way, it all starts with you. You have to have the, the, the right balance. And when I say the right balance, I mean, obviously you want your cup to be full uh, filled to the brim and overflowing with goodness. Right. But we all are sinners, right? We, we, we have a, a streak in us, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we're all people. And, uh, so there is a, a, a mix of both good and bad. So the question then became, okay, I understand that we are, that we are all cups, right? And we, we got to fill up our cups with goodness. 
And the question then became like, okay, how do I fill these cups up with goodness? And God told me that there is no answer to that question. Like you have to come up with your own answer and it's not through words, it's through actions. That's one of the things that, that God kept hammering home, um, during this session was the, the concept of words and thoughts and actions like our words, our thoughts, and, you know, uh, but, but all that doesn't mean anything compared to actions. Like you can talk about being a good person all day long and all of the good things you're capable of and all the good things you've done and all the good things that you plan to do. It's like, okay, what are you doing right now? And, and that's what it was saying. It's like, it, it's not through words, it's through actions and there's no answer. You just do it. Words are not sufficient. You just do it. And it really was, you know, not answering my question. And so I said, uh, there's this little inside joke with me that um, there's only two words that I can mimic in a Russian accent. And that's the word happy and and the word plus, happy and please, right? So I asked it, I said, I said, plus. And then um, there was like a little bit more of the inside joke uh, that I'm not going to get into because it takes too long to explain. But God and I basically had a little uh, laugh together. He doesn't remember his name. <laughs> it's very funny. But again, the question still still remained. How do I fill these cups up with goodness? And when we came back after that little laugh, I didn't realize that you know, I wasn't asking it how, but I was instead saying how. Uh, I know that sounds weird. Like I was, it was... I was merely saying the first word of the sentence and then being clouded by my own thoughts. And, you know, but, but when I came back and I said, how again, it, it was more declarative rather than a, than a question. And, and I finished the rest of my sentence. I, it, it became this sentence. I said, I'll never forget it because it was as if God came in and took over my vocal cords and mouth and tongue and spoke this for me. How you feel those cups up with goodness is your life. Ah! How you fill those cups up with goodness is your life. And saying those words surprised me in two ways. First, again, like I had no control over what I was saying. Something else, you know, God, came in and hijacked my vocal cords and made me speak that. So just at face value, that was surprising. But secondly... And most importantly, the message floored me. And not only was it, you know, one of the most beautiful messages that I've ever heard, but also it was a message that was brimming with meaning. So let's unpack the meaning. How you fill those cups up with goodness is your life. Okay, so first of all, that's an awkward sentence. If you just saw that sentence without context, it wouldn't make much sense. Okay. Furthermore, I don't think that sentence structure is correct at all. Okay, but... When you really think about it, it's perfect, like freaking perfect. And it, it's a total God move too. Like when I, and when I say God move, what I mean is that it's equal parts vague and specific, like open to interpretation of the person in question. So again, let's unpack it here. There are two highly profound meanings of, of that sentence. First, since God has been, you know, buttering me up so far with the concept of words, you know, are not important but rather it's the thoughts and actions that are. So, so, you know, like by that rationale, what God is saying is 
You fill people's cups up with goodness by living a righteous life, a life of kindness, you know, integrity, uh, godly compassion, but, but, there, but also strength, you know, be, be the, be a beacon of inspiration and hope in people's lives through your actions uh, and being, you know, uh, like pure being, you know, like be the light, the light that, you know, illuminates others and, and can spark the, you know, the light within them, you know, the, Fill their cups up with goodness with your life, basically. And so that's a beautiful message. But there's another meaning in that sentence that I actually find even deeper, like a more vague yet more inspirational meaning. How you fill those cups up with goodness is your life also means that you should never stop trying to fill cups with goodness, nor should you ever stop analyzing what is good and right so that you can always do the right thing, basically. And, and those actions, even if they are you know, seemingly impossible tasks, I mean, after all, you can't fill everyone's cup in the entire world with goodness. Even if you could, it's just, you know, not just once and done kind of thing. You have to continue filling everyone's cup constantly without end. But regardless of that, uh, you know, unattainable nature, it, it's the best and most rewarding, you know, mission that one could have in life for anyone involved. It should be your life. It is quite possibly the only unachievable, impractical, and hopeless goal that I would ever 10,000% recommend to someone. And, and, and not just to anyone, but, but everyone, you know, make it your life's pursuit to fill the cups of everyone you encounter with goodness. What's, what's bad about that? Tell me what's bad about that. And so that's why when I said that sentence, it was so impactful for me because I instantly knew both of those meanings the second I said it. And when I made that correlation, um, it, it, I knew I had got it right and the meaning of it right because God started dancing. Oh, it's happy now. God's happy. He, it, it, it's dancing now. <laughs> it's really happy that I made that connection. And, and, you know, that begs the question, you know, what does God dancing look like? You know, uh, so first of all, you know, it, it's always in motion. As I mentioned before, the little planet toids moving around and the cytoplasm and everything, like there's a constant flow. So when God is, is being normal, you know, like just sitting there or showing you something, um, all of that is, is like a slow but persistent fluid motion. But when he's happy, that, that motion across the spectrum becomes, you know, faster, more rhythmic, uh, uh, lilty, uh, balletic, if you want to call it that, and, and overall, like, more hypnotic. But you also get an overall increase in, like, luminosity, a slight color change, you know, that changed from bluish to green and, and then pink. And you definitely picked up on, like, a happy motion and color, uh, like, like, changing there. And another thing that was amazing was seeing like little pulses of light uh, emanating from that crystal ball in the center of it, but also from the orbiting spheres. And then the last amazing thing was, um, you know, seeing like these human-like arms materializing. So it was like wings before, but, um, you know, you know, those like 3D magic eye pictures that you look through and you can see like a shape. It was kind of that same concept with all of a sudden these arms appearing and, you know, through the wings, uh, these arms appearing and they were extended out to the sides, palms, up, uh, you know, palms up and elbows bent about like a 45 degree angle and then moving back and forth to a rhythm. And, and it's crazy because there were another set of arms that were, you know, neatly folded in front of it and resting in its lap. 
And so I, again, I could easily see how someone could, uh, you know, look at this and think, oh, it's like Vishnu. Uh, anyway, it was dancing and it was clear that I had gotten the message right. So, so on and so forth, yada, yada, yada. So right after that, um, you know, there was this moment of, of, of silence, basically. I had to kind of uh, encapsulate everything and, and take it all in. And uh, of course, God and I had this uh, a dance party, essentially. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't remember if I danced too, but I definitely was sitting there and having a great moment with God. It was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, um, you know, that kind of lasted for a little bit, maybe a, a couple minutes. And then I sat back and kind of still, he was still showing me cups. And, uh, right about that time, the concept of friendship entered my head and God started reminding me of people in my life who are, you know, either noticeably or quietly struggling that, that I'm friends with. And it mentioned both friends and family, by the way. But it, it honed in on a particular friend of mine who was noticeably struggling. And it's a, it's a friend that I had kind of lost touch with uh, uh, over the years, I guess you would call it. And, you know, not so much lost touch with, but more like, more like it's a lopsided friendship. You know, a friendship in which, you know, it seemed like I was doing all of the work uh, in trying to stay relevant and in touch w- with the other person. And, and that person wasn't really lifting a finger. Some people, if they're struggling a lot, y'all don't, they just shut themselves off for the rest, from the rest of the world, even their best friends and family. And um, God was basically telling me that I need to start, you know, an open and honest path of communication and break down walls with this person. And also just remember that just because someone doesn't initiate conversation or communication doesn't mean that they're not a true friend. And this person, true friend, okay, going through some hard times and it's okay, you know? And so the, 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 right about this time, though, is when something quite, quite amazing happened. And this is an example, um, one of the first where it actually spilled over and erupted into reality of, of, of something superseding and going past just a psychedelic trip and it's and, and entering into the realm of reality, like real reality, like objective reality. And it's because right when it mentioned friends and I had and it sunk home that this person that that, you know, we had become estranged over time or whatever you want to call it, um, is, is still a dear friend. And, you know, I should give them the benefit of the doubt and still consider them a, a loving friend. Right as that point was hitting home, the, the freaking theme song for the show Friends echoed through the house and into the bathroom. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to play the actual audio of it actually happening. Now here's the thing though, the noise gate on an iPhone, like basically the static that you hear, it's basically the gain, the audio gain turned up all the way and it's it's there's it's a hiss. It's like shh, right? Now the the sound from friends playing in the background was so faint that it, it it's barely louder than the noise gate on the the natural noise gate on an iPhone. So um, you can barely hear it. Now I could have pulled a, a very clever uh, editing trick where I just splice in, I record like the friends uh, theme song separately and splice it in and make it sound, you know, like, uh, but that would be pulling the wool over your eyes and I'm not going to do that. So I'm just going to crank up the volume as loud as I can uh, and and you'll hear 
something that sounds like music. I swear to you, I swear to God that it is the Friends theme song. You're just going to have to trust me on this. It happened. Uh, and it also happened about uh, four or five other times, uh, you know, during this trip. But I'm not going to turn it up every time uh, because it's it's kind of grating on the ears. But here it is. By the way, I would just like to point out that the theme song for Friends is playing right now. Let me see if you can hear it. It was right at the end there. Um, and I'm talking, it perfectly coincided with that Friends-related you know, uh, message that was delivered and, and that realization of it. So, so my girlfriend... You know, while she's monitoring me on the security camera, y'all was quietly or trying to quietly watch the uh, the show Friends. She, you know, she's a, a a fan of the show Friends, so she was like, you know, not going to sit there and watch for four hours while I'm uh, tripping or whatever. She's just kind of, you know, has the monitor over there and then is quietly trying to watch Friends. But here's the thing: it's not quite quiet enough. Some sound was echoing through and, and coming into the restroom there. And it perfectly, perfectly coincided with that message. And it didn't happen once. It happened about four or five times, uh, maybe maybe even ten times throughout the course of the trip, where I would uh, get, uh, get a realization from God, and it would uh, the theme song for Friends or the audience would start laughing and clapping and stuff right at the end of a beautiful, you know, poignant uh, message that God had delivered. It was, it was, it was quite creepy, y'all. It, it, amazing, because it, that stuff is real. It's really happening. And I understand that synesthesia uh, with psychedelics, you can uh, hear something and that gets incorporated visually into your experience. I don't know how it all works, but it apparently works. Some kind of science shit. Uh, but... But it is true. But how do you also incorporate that sound into someone talking, you know, like God talking to you and delivering a message? So it's not just visual, but it's it's conceptual and philosophical and abstract thought all culminating in the moment with the visual and an audio ex- audio experience happening in real life, two rooms over, all coinciding right there in the moment. That happened about five or six times on the trip. And it wasn't that you heard the laugh track and the music all the time. Most of the time you didn't hear it. The only times you did hear it, something coincided in the moment that was beautiful and, and poignant and, uh, you know, germane and, uh, to the, to the subject matter at hand. It was unbelievable. So within that same vein of stuff really happening in the moment and it, it, it getting folded into the experience. There was something even more amazing that happened. Uh, like I said, God's playing charades with me, right? It's wanting me to guess what it's trying to tell me. And at this point is where it took a kind of a darker turn. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started to feel very nauseous, as if I was going to vomit. <sighs> Why do I feel sick right now? And the crazy thing, though, is that, you know... Mushrooms, at least for me, 
do not bring on any nausea whatsoever. Like I, I never have gotten nauseous over over mushrooms. And and I was perplexed as to why it suddenly hit me. I mean, it was intense. It was like all of a sudden I'm perfectly fine. And then within two seconds, y'all, I'm 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 sick and nauseous and feeling like I'm gonna throw up. And I even asked God, I, I said, you know, why do I feel sick right now? Uh, but little did I know that, that, that what was going on is, is I, you know, God was trying to change the subject and drive home a new point. That's deliberate. And that's when I knew it was, was deliberate. Like it was, it came on so quickly and, uh, you know, I felt like a different kind of uh, demeanor uh, with, with God and I knew that it was kind of trying to drive home a point. And anyways, I started to kind of like, you know, vocalize what I felt and try to analyze it. And, and I, I threw out the word infected. I feel sick, like infected. Oh, uh, uh, now watch yourself. <laughs> Which is hilarious, you know, because... Watch yourself. This is right at the advent of, uh, of COVID. <sighs> Let's don't throw words around like infected, right? <laughs> During these times and by the way when i when i said that uh, word infected for the first time and said that we shouldn't use that word the friends uh theme song and audience laughter and stuff hit again uh, which was just amazing just <laughs> they got the they got the music and everything <laughs> there was literally a laugh track that just happened <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> okay 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 anyways let's don't use words like infected um but it did. <laughs> the timing was great. That was great. Um, I said, you know, I feel infected. And and I wanted to kind of stray away from that word because of COVID. And I, and I had this pretty funny moment with God where I was like, hey, can we can we use a different word? Like, please. But it, it kept hammering, hammering at home. And uh, I was like, you know what? You're right the let's let's go with let's go with we're gonna go with infection we're gonna i'm infected no we're yeah you know you're right let's go with it 2020 let's go with it infected and so i understood that we were infected with some kind of sickness or infected with a sickness that makes us poor wickedness in two glasses. But it was it was hinting to something deeper, but I hadn't quite put it together yet. And even though I hadn't quite put it together yet, I was I was working it out, uh, vocalizing it and, and thinking about it in my head, and I noticed that God was moving differently. Um, it wasn't the dance move, you know, kind of thing that I was doing before. Uh, it was like, it was becoming faster and more uh, fervent, like the, the, the motion. I, I basically interpreted it as someone saying, like, hey, you're on the right track. You're almost there. You almost got it. Like, think harder. You know, about to have a, a hand clap moment, basically, right? Where the energy level is, is upping. And so I started to kind of res- restate what I had already said, but in a different way. And, and, and in so doing, I came across a word that is both a noun and an ad- adjective. And again, is one of these uh, words that has a poetic double meaning. And the word is evil. The infection is it's, it's evil, yeah. Now, when you say that something is evil, you are describing it as such. 
you are attributing the negative aspects of that word to something. But that is not the true understanding. I said it's evil. Initially meaning that it has the characteristics of something that is evil. And I even said with an inflection that, that you know, made it as such. It's evil. Yeah. But then it hit me that it is not the adjective evil, but the noun evil. And the sentence went from it's evil to it's evil. The infection is evil. And when I said it with that inflection and understood that it was the noun and not the adjective, that is the moment when I made the connection. It was, it was one of the most amazing things that I've ever felt in my entire life. The hand clap with God moment. When God was saying, you're almost there, you almost got it, and then I hit it, and then those gravity waves, y'all, and that burst of light just floored me and almost knocked me out of my body. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you made your point. Like, it just hit me with a, like, it. I looked up at God, and when I threw the word evil out there, it washed over me. Like a hand clapping moment, like, like yes, all right, we're, we're cued in now. It washed over me like a wave, like whenever that point was made. It's like, yeah, it's evil. It's just like, Whoa. like, it's almost sucked you out of your body. <laughs> like, that's, that's God making a point, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's like, that's, that's, a <laughs> that's a hand clap moment for God. It's like, it's like, yeah, hey, we're in sync now, right? And I'm like, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like it almost pulled me out of my dang body. And, and from that realization, you know, that we are infected with evil, there are so many conclusions that you can draw that relate perfectly to the actual, you know, like concept of, of illness, right? And, and here's, here's a handful of them right here. There are some people that have it worse than others. Like they're, they are more sick than others. And, and then there's other people who don't even know that they are sick, right? Just like this, this is just like real illness, y'all. And, and there are some people who know that they are sick and intentionally hide their symptoms to get by. So, you know, you either know that you're sick and you, you want to get help, but the timing just isn't right or, or something like that. Or, and this is the worst one, you know you're sick and you just don't care and, and you're hiding your symptoms. And this is kind of a win-win for evil because it, it leeches off of your own like self-preservation. It knows that you'll protect it. Because it knows you'll protect yourself. It takes advantage of this, you know, natural instinct. It's a friggin' snake in the grass. And then, you know, uh, continuing on this uh, motif here, there are some, you know, sicknesses that hide their symptoms from their hosts. Uh, I mean, the, the, uh, true, like, disease, you know, it, it's actually not beneficial for, um, you know, pathogen or a virus or something like that to kill its host. Like, you, you know, the parasitic nature of a lot of these, uh, uh, you know, diseases and stuff, it, it's not beneficial for the host to die. Like you, you want to keep inside of the host and make a good life inside the host. So, uh, the, a lot of the reasons why a lot of these, uh, diseases are deadly because it's, uh, you know, cross species, uh, the 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 other species that gets the the infection doesn't have the immune system, um, you know, in place to combat it, and it kills it. W whereas you know the swine flu and and pigs doesn't kill them, 
and but when it gets to to humans it does and so that's the that's the point uh so and then the the last little category here is you know there are some people that are so far gone in their illness that there there's little to no help they, you know there's there's no hope uh, there's no hope or no help <laughs> And anyway, you know, it started to hit home with me that, that, that people are caught up in, in the sickness and it's really not their fault. And, and I kept saying like, you know, these poor people, it, it really fucking sucks. Y'all, we didn't sign up for this. I mean, it takes advantage of us and it, and it lays us low. It wrecks lives. And it's right. It's right at this moment where like just another unbelievable um god moment where it took control of me and and something real happened in real life and and sunk the point home i i was starting to trying to contemplate like how we help these people who are infected with evil right and and so i i kept saying like how do we help these these poor people now in the background as i'm saying this i i'm i'm like i'm sitting um, Indian style on the, on the tile floor. And I'm tapping on my heel, like unconsciously. How do you, okay. So, and I I keep saying like, how do we, these people are sick and, and they need our help. Right. I'm tapping on my heel as this is happening again, subconsciously or, or unconsciously. And, you know, not knowing that I'm doing that, I start to say the sentence, how do we heal these people? How do you heal? And right when I got to the word heal, y'all, I had noticed that I had already been tapping on my heel unconsciously for about 15 seconds, 20 seconds, something like that. Heal. Healing. Yeah. Whoa. That was amazing. And, and so... Here we go with these words again, right? Heal, H-E-E-L, correlating it to H-E-A-L. Guys, I was sitting here making my point, thudding, trying to come up with the word. And the word is heal. Like I'm trying to heal these people. Like how do I heal them? But I'm making the thud and pointing at my heel. Yo, I... I I couldn't control my hand. It, it like it was again unconsciously tapping on my it was kind of like something trying to say like okay, he's eventually going to get it. Let me just keep tapping on the heel for him and he's eventually going to going to co- make the correlation and then I saw it and I'm like heel. Wow. It doesn't sound very impactful right now listening to me say this, but y'all it would it blew me. It knocked me over. I was like what? The word is heal, and I'm tapping on my freaking heel unconsciously. Couldn't control it. And again, right at that moment, y'all, freaking Friends laughter track and music popped up. (laughs) There's Friends again. (laughs) Listen, listen. So the question became after that, it, it was, so how do I heal these people? And I had actually been told the answer already. I heal them with goodness. I heal them with my actions. I heal them with my life. And y'all, it was beautiful. I mean, it it basically had me in tears. Um, 
I say basically because I, I this is one of the few uh, trips where I didn't sob uncontrollably. I, I teared up in that moment. I didn't I didn't sob. But anyway, um, yeah, it was it was beautiful. And you know, that's when we started entering uh, kind of the dark side of the trip. And th- th- there were some really deep concepts um, that I'm not gonna go, I'm gonna I'm not gonna dive too deep into because I could be talking forever. But one of the bigger concepts that came out of the next part of the trip was the concept of the parasitic nature of, of evil. Like God, you know, I made all these correlations with evil being a, a, a sickness, right? And so first it was like, you know, in trip number five, it was like these tiny little vulnerabilities that we have as humans and they're, they're like little little channels for evil to snake its way in. And then this this trip was saying like, okay, the, the once it's in, it becomes like a sickness, an infection that we become sick with, but it wasn't done with that point. Another thing about an, about an infection is that, you know, it's contagious. Well, not all infections are contagious, but, um, it was, it was hammering home that, that it was an infectious, uh, contagious infection. Right. And not only that, but it, it pointed out the parasitic nature in the sense that Y'all, there, there is some parasites out there that are highly sophisticated. I'm talking incredibly sophisticated. It's like a parasite, one of those zombie um, parasites. And they're, they have an end goal in, in sight. And the end goal is basically to get the big fish. Like it'll use other organisms as hosts in order to target another organism, a bigger organism, an, an organism with in which um, it can thrive more and, uh, and propagate more. Uh, an example of this, there's a, there's a roundworm. I, I forget the name of it. I'll look it up later and mention it in another episode or some shit. I don't, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do it now. Um, but there's a roundworm that um, it's like in the Amazon or something like that. And it, uh, its main goal is to get inside of a bird. The whole point of this particular parasite like its end goal is to get inside of a bird. That's where it, it flourishes and uh, I think reproduces or something like that. I don't remember what. But it has to get there through these stupid little ants. It doesn't start off in a um, in a in a bird because the bird like poops it out, right? So it reproduces and stuff in the bird, and then the bird poops it out. It lands on the forest floor in the poop. And it, what what happens is it'll infect an ant first. It, it, it takes over the brain of the ant so that the ant will do its bidding. And, and remember, the, 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 the parasite wants to be inside of a bird. So it, it, it hijacks the, 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 the ant and turns it basically into a, a zombie that's going to do its bidding against the ant's will. Uh, and, and again, the ant's it's hive mind. Uh, it, it, you can debate if an ant has a will or not, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the ant definitely doesn't want to do this. And what the uh, parasite makes the ant do, it, it first of all makes it leave its, its little colony. And they can't control themselves. They climb up to the highest point. The, the you know, tallest uh, tree or whatever that it can find or whatever. And they, they wait there. Then it, then it gets on a little twig and, and latches on with it, with its front legs and sticks its butt up in the air. And then their freaking uh, abdomen swells up. I don't know what the, um, 
the roundworm parasite does to the ant's abdomen, but it does something that causes the, the abdomen to swell up and, and turn red. And it becomes bright red. And it, what, it, what it ends up looking like is a, is a juicy berry. Well, guess what birds like? Juicy berries. So here comes a bird flying along. It sees, oh, look at this little... Um, oh, that looks like a juicy little berry. Boom. Bites it. They eat the ant. And boom. Uh, roundworm is now inside the bird where it wants to be. The stupid little ants. How about that one? We're stupid little ants. That is what God showed me. Anyway, these ants, they get infected with this thing, and it consumes their lives. And they come up and they turn into delicious berries for birds to eat. And that's where the parasite thrives. It showed me that that is exactly what evil is trying to do. Against your will, it'll make you do stuff. And you're a friggin' zombie. You're a zombie ant. We are zombie ants y'all that can be taken advantage of it'll use you it'll use your friends and family it'll it'll use it's the sleaziest opportunist you've ever uh, encountered your entire life it'll find someone who's mentally handicapped and it will lay them low it'll find someone that has genetic predispositions to addiction and all this other stuff and it will lay them low it does not want you. It wants something else. It wants the bigger fish. It doesn't give a shit if you die. It is going to use you to get to that fucking bird. A friggin' parasite that wants to find somewhere where it can thrive. And it's using us as hosts, temporary hosts, to spread the infection. And that is what it showed me. And when I saw that... It scared the shit out of me, y'all. And, and this is when stuff started to get whew, uh, bad, really bad. So I, I went on a little rant before that where I was, you know, kind of uh, talking about how people like you guys don't understand what's going on here. This, is, this shit is real, da, 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 da. And I started kind of like talking about, you know, non-believers. And, and again, I was kind of really arguing, um, making these arguments against my old self but I also got into the concept of how, you know, just like a parasite, you, you can, it can kind of mask what's really going on behind the scenes, right? And it can kind of make it look like you're normal, but you're really infected and watch out because you're going to, it's contagious and you're going to get it too. Um, or someone else, you know, is going to get it too, whatever. Uh, but so I started talking about the concept of like atheists, and, and such. And like, you know, public intellectuals who are atheists that can hide behind, uh, you know, evil basically can hide behind that front of, of atheism, of, uh, agnosticism or whatever you want to call it. Um, is that a word? Agnosticism? I don't know. But, uh, evil can hide behind that. And, and, you know, it's, it's, you don't know what you're fucking around with y'all. You, know, you you don't it seems cute uh to be an intellectual and and play around with like you know god doesn't exist and yada 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 you know that is that is the that is the harbor the safe harbor for evil to just come in and fuck you up and it y'all it will fuck you up when i say that it ruins lives ruins families 
believe me when I say that. But when I say that that it can that it can kill, believe me when I say that, y'all. 85 million people World War II only. And then you heard in my last uh, episode where I was calling for half of the world's population. Four billion people. Anyways, I don't want to get stuck on that again. But, but anyway, so I started talking about, uh, you know, how it can hide behind, um, you know, uh, find safe harbor in, in like public intellectuals and stuff that, that uh, you know, uh, don't believe in God and, and, are, and are vocal about it. And it, it hit me. There, there, there is a public figure. I'm not going to mention who it is because I don't want to cause any heat because this person is looked at basically like he's a god. He's like the, the atheist god, basically. Everyone worships that guy. They get on their knees and they worship the guys. And, and this, it's a public figure, public intellectual. I'm not going to say what he does because then it would totally give it away. But a public intellectual and um, he's you know, atheist, obviously. And I saw an interview with him one time that it was just so cute. Uh, He he basically said like, Hey, look, uh, you know, I, I may be atheist, but you know, I'm also a man of science. And, um, and if there is proof that there's a God, you know, I'm open for it, you know, like, like bring it on. Like, like I'm not going to shut my mind off to, to that, you know, that then I wouldn't be a scientific person and blah, blah, blah. And y'all, it sounds like he is just so honorable and so, so again, so cute, right? Uh, oh, I'll, I'll welcome it. It's a big, it's a big joke. You might as well go up and flip that guy off, like right in his face right there. It's, he, it's basically him. It's a, he's being all cute about it. And and it really it really bothered me. It's like it's like guys, look how smart and open minded I am. I'm even going to open my mind up to the possibility of a god. Now I, now I'm atheistic, but if God showed up with proof and all this other stuff, eh, yeah, I'd believe it. You know, bring it on. It's just like what a joke, what a fucking joke. And 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 so I'm talking about this guy, and and y'all, I actually met this guy. I saw that motherfucker. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for using that 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 language. I saw that guy in New Orleans. And and I'm talking about it in my recording of the trip as I'm sitting there. And I will never forget this cuz this is the first time that uh something uh, I call it the rot. This is the first time that the rot hit me. And it is mortifying mortifying so i met this guy in new orleans saw that dude strolling around gallivanting about town right he's making his way down he uh down one of the i think royal street or something in in the daytime and i'm like oh my god that's so-and-so i I tap my wife i'm like oh my god that's so-and-so like oh shit and so i'm like let's follow him now i kept my distance I, i i'm i do not like to inconvenience people and especially celebrities, like that so many people go up and, and pester them all the time. I don't want to be that guy. So I made sure I kept my distance and made it look like I wasn't stalking him, which I actually was. But anyway, he goes into this um, art gallery and I follow with my wife at the time. 
And uh, again, I don't want to come up and bother him. So I keep a safe distance and, you know, probably like, probably like 40, 50 feet. And I get out my phone and I, you know, a lot of iPhone users don't know this, but if you put it on camera mode and you kind of, if you push the volume up uh, button, it'll take a picture. So, you know, I took what I call like a ninja pick. I kind of put my camera on my hip and was acting like I was looking at a painting and like took a couple pictures of him from about 50 feet away. I think maybe at one point it got maybe 20 feet or something, but I wasn't like, you know, getting all up in his grill and stuff. And, uh, and so anyway, so I, t- I you know, took these pictures. I didn't want to pester him. I kind of sequestered myself off to the side and, uh, he started to leave. And by the way, he has a, f- <laughs> he has a fucking monocle. <laughs> Guys, did you know he has a little monocle? And everyone thought it was cute. They're like, oh, isn't that sweet? He takes out his little cute little monocle to look at these paintings. And uh, anyway, he <laughs> he leaves the um, he leaves the, the the art gallery. And my wife's like, oh, let's let's see where he's going next. I'm like, no, 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 no. We've already kind of over overdone this here. Uh, we don't want to make it any more obvious. We we had our run in with the guy. That's all we that's all we need. And so he leaves the the building, and we are standing right at the window as he leaves. He crosses right in front of us, uh, and, he, and he passes right in front of me, and um, he looks at me through the window. And the look of scorn that was on his face, he looked at me, and he looked, his soul looked directly down into my soul. I looked into that guy's fucking soul that day. And his eyes basically said, you go fuck yourself and you go straight to hell. Guys, I had never been mean mugged so bad in my entire life, ever. And I didn't really do any, I didn't really do a damn thing, guys. I did not pester him. I kept a, I kept a a, a safe, um, un- uh, annoying, um, distance from him. He didn't make any kind of eye contact or any kind of like scoffing or anything like that while I was in the art gallery. It was when he left, he looked directly in my eyes for about, for about 10 seconds as he passed by. And he basically with his eyes, like I said, told me you go straight to hell. And, and guys, here's what happened when I, was um, talking about this incident uh, in the trip because I was talking about it. I'm, I'm going to splice in some of the audio. Um, as I'm speaking about this man's character, I started to rot from the inside out. Okay, so what's about to happen on this part here? Um, I was going to originally like, you know, play the play the original audio from the moment and then like jump in and make commentary here and there clarifying some stuff right but you know when i listened back to it 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 wasn't it didn't quite it it was just too messy okay so what i'm going to do instead is i'm going to give an explanation up front of what happened and then let you hear the raw audio so what you're about to hear is me kind of finishing up my story of running into this um you know atheist science god that everyone worships right this celebrity science guy right and uh and and it's all starting to come together in the moment as i'm talking about him and my encounter with him about you know these uh 
uh, e- these lessons that I've learned on the trip about, you know, evil is a, is a disease, you know, it's like an infection and it's contagious and it's a, it's a parasite that is using other people to get to the bigger fish and so on and so forth. And, and it hit me that, that this guy is the bigger fish. And, and so it, it really started to, to mess me up. And when I say mess me up, y'all, when I was talking about it and talking about him and my encounter with him and, and him as a person and what he does and stuff like that, I started to rot from the inside out. Like literally in my mind, it's real, right? I mean, I know I took a psychedelic and everything and you know, it's, you know, not real in a sense, but to me it was freaking, as I said, realer than real. And I, I felt pieces of my uh, jaw missing, uh, teeth missing. It felt like I was swallowing teeth and I was trying to, you know, it sounds like I'm calm and poised, but that's, that's a, a defense mechanism. That's a tactic that I use whenever I go down a really bad, uh, area of a trip, like really bad. I've found that if I try to ignore what's going on and just talk, and I can talk my way generally out of that situation to where I just kind of ignore it. If you give it fuel, it's going to consume you. And I try not to, and I just kind of talk my way out of it. So what you're going to hear is me trying to maintain my composure while I rot from the freaking inside out because I talked about evil hiding behind people that are the big fish that are infected. Oh, guys. It's, it was fucked up. I thought I was going to die and I, I'm, I'm trying to maintain my composure, but at one point I can't take it anymore and I have to call for my girlfriend to come help me. But, but the, re- the really messed up thing, y'all, is that the rot started to overtake me right after I said the word evil. You can actually hear it. You can hear the moment that I, I kind of pause and then my voice starts to change because I'm probing the inside of my mouth with my tongue, trying to find the teeth that are, that I feel that are missing. Anyways, let's listen. It's so cute. He's like getting up there in age, y'all. And he, he's like this grandfather. He's not reached that state yet. But it's like this cute little quirk about him that he needs a little monocle to look at his little stupid paintings walking around. I looked into that guy's fucking soul that day. And I saw evil. Like me and my ex-wife. We weren't, obviously, ex at the time. But, uh... Am I missing part of my tooth? Anyway. God. Um, anyway, so... Hey. Infection, right? Keep me... Give me focused here. Give me focused. Anyway. Whew. Cups. Cups. Keep me focused. Keep me focused. Beauty. There's nothing wrong with my teeth. Everything's intact. Let me pull back. 
Everything's intact. Nothing wrong with my teeth. Everything's intact. Yep. Everything's still functional. Not missing teeth. We're looking at lights. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so I'm pulling back from that. I'm gonna... This stuff is no joke, y'all. <laughs> like... This shit is no joke. I gotta remove myself from... Ugh. Hey, babe! Layla! Can you do me a favor? Pretty please, look in my mouth... Ew! And tell me if everything looks okay. Like, all my teeth are there? I haven't swallowed any teeth. What? No, mommy. Like I fear, I fear that my that I've cracked my teeth. Like I feel with my tongue that there are pieces of my teeth missing. Mm -mm. Okay, everything's intact. Mm -hmm. <sighs> y'all, this is how powerful this shit is, y'all. I'm sorry, babe. I'm sorry to pull you into this. Ladies and gentlemen, my girlfriend is the purest, sweetest, godliest. Oh my gosh, baby. My teeth are okay. I didn't swallow, like, they're not broken, they're shattered. No, what were you doing to them? Babe. I chewing on them? felt I felt the, the the how evil whatever it is, I felt how evil it is and what it kinda gets behind. Like the stupid bullshit. Like, like, the stupid bullshit in life, like, uh, that can be all explained away through science and all this other stuff. It, that's like a cloak. It's a cover-up, babe? It's a cover-up. Guys, I... What, my teeth are still here. Yes. Um... When I was talking about, I saw him in New Orleans. So we're, we're going to fast forward to this part because it's just me retelling the story uh, that I told a second ago of my encounter with that guy. So we'll, we'll, we'll go past this. But I want to make something abundantly clear here. Uh, what I experienced, what I call the rot, was one of the most terrifying things that I've ever experienced in my entire life. It is basically imminent death. And imminent death that is the most uh, disgusting and messed up and uh, e evil death you could possibly imagine. I mean, the, the, the thought of, of rot, y'all. Okay, so it, 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 it's not some minor inconvenience is what I'm talking about here. It's, 
it was so freaking so many orders of magnitude fucked up like if you want to get a good idea uh, just imagine walking through a field and happening upon a bloated human corpse that's has been decomposing out in the sun for like a few days and slice open their stomach and stick your head inside and in that gassy bloat rot and then imagine dying in there and then having all that consume you and you becoming that it it it, it was it, it was messed up it was as i as i put it in trip number 5 at one point it was really 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 not cool but babe babe listen to me listen to me when i was talking about him specifically when i was trying to to describe his character yes i felt like my teeth were rotting out and that I had swallowed them and like these words that are speaking about this guy oh this is deep stuff y'all I'm sorry babe I'm sorry I had to pull you into this stuff just to wake you up I know I know baby my I felt like my teeth were rotting and I was swallowing chunks of my teeth and I could feel it with my tongue in my mouth going around and like, there's chunks of my teeth missing. You still have your teeth, babe. Those words of describing that, that man's character were rotting my mouth. That's some deep shit, y'all. I love you, baby. I thought I was going to die. That evil infection rotted my mouth, y'all. Speaking about that man's character rotted my mouth. My teeth were fucked. Y'all heard it. I was scared. I had to leave the freaking... I still legitimately think that there's a piece of my tooth missing. May need to go in for some dental work. Y'all, I gotta stop. It's, it's... I need to come down from this. Legit, there's nothing wrong with my mouth. No, baby. Uh, I, okay. Like, like, I've... I'm still convinced. Like, I think that there are pieces of my mouth missing. (laughs) Y'all. And my beautiful, uh, loving girlfriend, one of the most godly people unintentionally godly too it's like she's not trying to be godly y'all um she she saved my life again for like the now it's the like fifth time that she saved my life and uh, this is so terrifying stuff y'all mortifying i wouldn't waste it i wouldn't i wouldn't wish it on my my worst enemy ever and Right about then, I'm pulling out of it. My my girlfriend, my sweet girlfriend is helping me and consoling me and making sure that I'm okay. I still think my teeth are rotting, but uh, I eventually start pulling enough out of the trip where I'm, I'm by this time, we're hours and hours in where um, it's starting to wear off. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm coming back. Everything's normal. And I start talking to her about the, about the trip. And I mentioned... 
I mentioned, um, the, you know, the theme of the trip was, was cups. Cups, babe. Cups, babe. Now, before we get into this next part, I'm going to have to do some explaining because this next part is, is the most important part. It's, it's where everything comes together. It's, it's yeah, unbelievable stuff, y'all. But before we get into that, so just understand a couple things. Number one, if you recall, the central themes of my trip have been cups and friends and, and, and evil too or whatever. But, but, but the, the two big ones, y'all, were, were cups and friends. Now, my girlfriend is in the other room, okay? She's a full room away from me. I'm in the bathroom having my little trip or whatever. And then there's the bedroom and then there's the kind of living room area which where she is. And as I mentioned, she's monitoring me on the security monitor, but she's not listening to me. She's she's watching friends. She has no idea that I am in there having a trip about cups and friends, okay? It's just a complete uh, happenstance coincidence, although it's more like synchronicity and not coincidence, but it's a complete coincidence that she's watching friends, okay? And my trip happens to involve, involve friends. I come out of the trip, and I tell her that the trip was about cups. Cups, babe. And this is what happens. Cups, babe. You want to play? <laughs> Let's play cups. How do you play cups? Just make it up as you go. And y'all, no bullshit. No bullshit. I start, I, I, guys, I don't know much about the show Friends. Okay, I was a Seinfeld guy. I really hated Friends. Uh, well, I guess, I guess I I liked uh, Friends for for two reasons, and that was um, both of Jennifer Anderson's nipples. <laughs> that as an adolescent kid, uh, that is the only reason that I liked the the show Friends. So uh, anyway, so I don't know much about the show Friends. Uh, you know, I couldn't tell you what a single episode was about, you know, and so I'm sitting there talking to her and I'm, I'm talking about the, the concept of cups. And she says, oh, do you want to play cups? Do you want to play cups? <laughs> I just love you so much. Oh, my God. I love this woman. You want to play? <laughs> and I was floored. I was like, I was like, hold on. This is perfect. Let's play cups. I was like, please tell me that there really is a game called cups. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to play it? And I'm like, oh, this is so perfect. And I was like, yes, let's play cups. I want to do this. This is what it's all been leading up to. And and I'm like, I'm like, okay, how do you play cups? How do you play cups? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, you make it up as you go. Just make it up as you go. And I, guys, I'm, I'm trying to hold back the... the um... Hold on. Say that again? You just make it up as you go. Am I still recording this? Please say it. I've been recording for how long now? Two hours and ten minutes? Please say those words one more time. So to play cups, you make it up as you go. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I went through in that experience... Um, you know, those beautiful memories, uh, memories, those beautiful experiences. And, and then the concept of evil, you know, bringing people low and wrecking their lives and, you know, just throwing them away, like, like used napkins. Um, 
and, and being a parasite and then me rotting from the inside out, uh, having looked de- uh, you know, evil right in the face. The, those words of you, you make it up as you go was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever heard from one of the most beautiful people that I've ever seen in my life. <sighs> Sorry. Um, Please explain more. I want to. I, I want to hear, babe. I want. I want to hear you, and your just glory. No. I want to hear your, you and your glory. This no. instrument of God, right here, ladies and gentlemen. But how do you play cups? And then uh, come to find out that it's not a. Uh, it's not a real game. It's actually. It's the best part. It's actually a uh, segment that they did on the show Friends. Okay, uh, how about, how about, you know what, we, we can play a new game, a new game, it's fun. Uh, Joey was like, a, a, you know, big gambler or whatever, and Chandler uh, was like trying to get him to play a game. Well, what's it called? Cups. <laughs> he had lost a bunch of money to Chandler, and Chandler tried to throw him a rope by saying like, oh, man, why don't we play cups? And uh, it's, a, it's a game that he literally made up on the spot. I don't know how to play cups. I'll teach you. Come on, come on. It's really easy, really, really fun. And right? fooled. <laughs> Uh, Joey into thinking it was a real game. What do you got? Four and a nine. You're kidding, right? <laughs> no, why? Well, that's a full cup. <laughs> Damn, I am good at cups. <laughs> you win. The freaking show, y'all. Friends. Which was a big part of my trip. Had a game on it. Called Cups. That you play. And you make it up as you go. I don't understand. I can, I can, I, that there's your, the statisticians and the science geeks out there are all like leaping through their phones and car speakers right now, wanting to choke me out saying like, dude, don't you understand? It's not a, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. Your girlfriend is, uh, loves friends. She always watches friends. Of course, that's going to be part of your trip. And, and so what if, if it got, you know, folded into your trip, uh, psychedelics is all about synesthesia and stuff is going to get folded in anyways and blah, 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 blah. Y'all, I get it. I get it. You're, you will never know what it's like unless you were there. That all may be true. What you're saying that all may be true, but it also is equally true for me that it was magic in the moment. And it's still magical afterwards. Cups. So there you have it, everybody. That is trip number six right there. Cups. Um, Pretty intense stuff. I mean, maybe not as drop you off the cliff intense as trip number five, but there was some, there was some deep, heavy stuff in that one. Um, and, and it really introduced a couple of topics that, that are going to be um, prevalent in later trips. Uh, first and foremost, the what I call the rot. That will make its ugly appearance several more times. One of those times being an all-consuming... Uh, gosh, I can't even describe how freaking messed up it was, y'all. Um, so just so you know, I mean, um, I kind of departed from the sound effects and music uh, aspect on this trip episode. 
Um, I'm sorry, you know, for those of you who really like that stuff, um, I'm going to continue to do it on the next trip episodes. I just really wanted to get this trip episode out there for y'all because um, it, it takes me a long time to edit that stuff. So it is what it is. Um, and yeah, that's really all I got to say. There are two more trip episodes coming your way and they'll be coming soon, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, just get ready. They're, they are they are crazy. You thought all the stuff that has happened so far has been crazy. Get Just, just get freaking ready. So that's it. Now I'm going to close out this um, episode with the part that I had cut out from earlier where I, where I describe uh, what the angel god-like uh, being looks like in incredibly vivid detail. If you don't want to hear that mumbo-jumbo, um, feel free to turn off the episode now. But if you're interested and you want to hear like a very, very like detailed description of what that angel goddess god thing looked like, uh, please uh, enjoy the next, uh, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't remember how long I talk about it, but please enjoy the next uh, segment here on, on that. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, and uh, otherwise, I'll, I'll see y'all on the next trip episode coming up soon. Bye-bye. And so the contour lines start to converge. And they, they form a, a, a little ball, basically, about the size of a, a volleyball or so. And this ball, uh, it's, it's, it basically looks like a magnifying glass. Um, it, yeah, I mean, that's the only way I can... It's, it's like a, a glass orb that, that is bending light behind it. it. It looks like a lens, okay? And at first, I didn't, you know, think too much about it, right? I'm just like, oh, that's cool. That's pretty. Um, but then of course, around that orb began to form, uh, basically a, a humanoid looking, uh, creature, uh, creature's not the right word, uh, being an entity, right? So you started to see the translucent, uh, and, and again, still kind of rainbow shimmery kind of, uh, fabric uh, on it or whatever, but you began to see this outline of, of a humanoid looking entity, and you couldn't quite see details though. It was like what what looked like almost you can uh, you can uh, equate it to like a shadow, right? But you can't see someone's eyes or nose or whatever in a shadow. You just see the shadow. So it was like a silhouette, but a beautiful shimmery silhouette. And again, translucent with a with that crystal ball looking magnifying glass in the middle. And then slowly but surely it it you know more of it started to uh materialize in front of my face and then you started noticing that same like kind of wing like appendages on both sides that are perfectly symmetrical and you know i can see how someone could look at that and see wings um i could see how someone could look at that and see uh multiple arms you know like vishnu or whatever um but to me it was just like a append uh, symmetrical wing-like appendage uh that you could say was multiple appendages if you wanted to um and then the other thing that that w was striking about it this time i mean this time i really got a good good look at it a lot of times on my trips i i, I get uh, i don't get quite a good recollection of what i saw uh, i i do know that the being 
is is humanoid in figure, generally speaking. But sometimes it can be a geometric shape. And 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 a geometric shape that I can't explain to you. Like I, I could not draw it. And that's why when you hear me talk about uh, in trip number five, I was like, I don't know what I saw. I can't tell you what I saw. That's because it it was it, it, it represented a geometry that I cannot conceive of. I cannot draw it. And I therefore cannot explain it. <laughs> um, but this time it was a clear human humanoid figure. Same presence, though. Uh, when I say same presence, it had that same jovial, uh, joking around, happy, loving, caring, um, beautiful, just, it's like a, it's like your best friend and your mother and your father, uh, and it all at the same time. And just like, I know some people don't have really good relationships with their fathers or mothers, but just imagine having the best father and mother you could possibly imagine all folded into one and it's also your best friend and it's also you and I could go on and on. So, and again, I'm, I'm really wanting to describe this, this being in, in great detail here because I haven't in previous episodes, I kind of glossed over it and said, Oh, I saw the face of this beautiful woman. Right. Or, Hey, I saw this. Uh, I can't tell you what I saw, but it was beautiful. I really want to get into it here because it is amazing. Okay, so so again, crystal ball, uh, lens-like, you know, thing in the center. Uh, around around that is a humanoid, um, you know, f- uh, silhouette, and and these beautiful uh, wing-like appendages on the side, and it has this again this shimmery, um, rainbow-like fabric all around it. Um, and then sometimes it's, it changes colors to like blue. Like it was actually blue a lot of times. Sometimes it turned into green and then other times it was that, um, you know, rainbow color, but it mostly was rainbow colored and sometimes would change to blue and then very random, uh, randomly would change either to, um, you know, green or pink sometimes. But the other thing that was amazing was you saw these uh, suspended particles uh, around the um, the goddess. I call it God, but you saw these suspended, like orbiting particles. Would almost look like little moons that were orbiting um, the, the the being. And 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 I'm talking probably a good like uh, you know dozen to maybe a couple dozen uh, of them. And, you know, uh, different sizes and shapes, or not shapes, but different sizes. And they were kind of orbiting slowly around it. And while, you know, during the trip, when it would make a point, like when it was trying to hammer home a point, um, those those little orbits, those little orbital uh, planetoids or whatever you want to call it, moons or whatever, uh, they would move, start to move faster when you were getting closer and closer to realizing something. And, uh, whenever you got the point, if you, if, if God was trying to convey something to you and you weren't quite getting it, but you were, you were getting closer, those, like I said, they would, they would move faster. And then whenever you got the point, there would be an eruption. Like those, those moons would move so fast and then they would like kind of start to light up and get like really hot looking, uh, you know, and then 
he would get this burst and, and also the wings and stuff would move faster and, and you just saw, and, and also there's, there was like what amounted to like cytoplasm, uh, inside of this, uh, this being. And if you recall from like biology, uh, back when in junior high, when we were studying like, uh, single celled organisms and cells and stuff, cytoplasm is that, uh, basically goop. Uh, if you want to call it that, like uh, jelly or something like that, fluid kind of like stuff inside of a cell that has all these uh, particles in it and, you know, pieces of food and other things or whatever, and it moves around inside of the cell. Um, it's like a gel kind of thing. And so that's another part of this organism, um, this being that I was looking at was this cytoplasm that would move very slowly. And again, whenever it was, it was trying to lead you to a realization and you're getting close to, to having the realization. The planets would move faster. The wings would move faster. And this cytoplasm inside of it would start to flow and move in, in within it faster. And there were a couple times on this trip where I would guess what, cause again, on, on mushrooms, you have to play charades with God from what I've experienced anyways. Uh, and it, let me just also say here, guys, I've been talking a lot of, um, I've been saying a, that a lot of stuff is like, this is what happens. And, uh, this is, you know, it sounds like I'm saying like, you will only experience it this way. And that's not the case. Okay. Um, my experiences were my experiences. You could likely, uh, have a completely different experience and completely different takeaways. Maybe you won't even see any of these beings. Maybe these beings will only be evil um, uh, if you do see them at all. Um, maybe you won't even have a mystical experience at all. There is like a small percentage of people, I think like 2% of people, if I remember the statistic correctly, that have absolutely no experiences at all, when they, no matter how much psychedelics they take. So anyways, but I will say that a lot of people, the majority of people who go in that deep with the correct set and setting and so on and so forth, they see what I see basically. So anyway, so from my experience, mushrooms, you're having to uh, play charades with God versus ayahuasca where God can just straight up tell you and you can have a flowing conversation. So I'm sitting there playing charades with God and as it's showing me some kind of, um, you know, message that I'm supposed to, you know, take in again, I'm trying to guess and I'm getting closer to the realization. The, the, the planets are moving around it faster as I'm getting closer to the point, the cytoplasm inside of it, it's flowing faster and the wings are moving faster. When I finally reach the point where I've made the realization, there is a, an eruption, all of that builds up so much and gets so much kinetic energy or potential energy or whatever. And when it turns into uh, kinetic energy and you make the realization, y'all literal explosion from, from God. And I call it a hand clap moment. It's like whenever you're talking with a friend, right? Let's say that you're in this very passionate discussion and you, you, you're, you're trying to get your friend to understand something and, and your friend doesn't quite get it yet. And, and you're, you're like, you're like, oh man, it's, it's kind of like this. It's like, do you get it? It's kind of like, and the other guy's like starting to get excited because he's starting to kind of get it too. And then there's this moment where you both 
you make the connection like like he, the guy that you're talking to or gal um understands what you're saying and they're like oh oh i see what you're getting it's it's like this boom boom and then you you clap your hand you usually go and you you point at them or something and and it's it's like boom you've you've connected you're synced up now it's a beautiful moment actually um i call it a hand clap moment so god's hand clap moments y'all basically knock you out of your body and um there's a couple points in this uh trip where that's what happened. Uh, he was trying to convey something to me and I got it. And y'all, it was, like I said, all of that stuff moving faster and forming a perfect um, focal point. And then that focal point exploded and shot basically energy and gravity waves uh, right at my skull. And when I say gravity waves, I'm not joking around. You could see space and time, or you can't see time warp, but you can see space. Well, I guess space time is, uh, anyways, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into the science of it, but uh, you could see space warp behind the, what amounted to a giant energy wave focused and pointed at my skull when I realized something. It was just like, whoa. And when it hit me, it damn near knocked me out of my body. Like, my consciousness left my skull for a second and then rebounded back into my, my skull. It was, I don't think I need to tell you how amazing and terrifying <laughs> that is. A hand clap moment with God can knock you out of your fucking body. Y'all. <laughs> um, and again, I know there's some people out there like, you didn't see God, blah, 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 guys. I'm not even going to fucking try with y'all. Okay, just take them yourselves, take psychedelics yourselves, go in as deep as I did, because I know some of you are like, well, I took them before, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You probably took them at a party and you were trying to get messed up. You did, you did not go in with the same intentions and focus or whatever that someone who's trying to change their life uh, fundamentally and, and, you know, find the root cause and rip it out by the root. Um you, you, you have a different experience. Okay. And again, I want to, I want to stress that again, y'all, this was, these were my, my experiences. My experiences are likely going to be a lot different than yours. So even if you go in with the same intention of wanting to change your life for the better and finding the root cause and so on and so forth, you likely will not have the same experience. So don't, you know, uh, get upset with me. <laughs> Or any of the uh, people that have conducted research and posted stuff online and said this is what you know you're likely going to experience. Don't don't get mad at us. Uh, we're all we're all different, and nobody knows truly what the hell is going on in the psychedelic world, y'all. Okay, y'all. So uh, have I beat that over the head a little bit too much there? Um, I think so. <laughs> we're now thirty something minutes in here. The last thing I'll mention about the uh, God figure, um, that I saw was the, you know, the, going back to the crystal ball, like, um, lens, like central core of it, the, y'all, it, it took 3d form. It, it, it was, it was actually there. It wasn't just a projection in my mind. Now the mind is a very powerful, uh, thing, right? And, and, you know, people, uh, whatever. Well, there's so many mysteries about the brain that we don't understand, and, and it very well could be capable of producing a hallucination like that. I mean, if you think about 3.5 billion years of, of evolution, 
uh, in 3.5 billion years, you could create something sophisticated enough to produce a uh, hallucination that's that sophisticated. Blah, 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 blah. Bullshit, 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 bullshit. What I saw, y'all, was fucking realer than real. Um, and for me, what sold it, what what really made it hit home was the 3D uh, aspect of this uh, central core, the the crystal ball looking lens like uh, thing. Because y'all, again, you don't become some uh, buffoon on psychedelics. You actually, in my opinion, get smarter. Your consciousness rises, your brain waves increase uh, in, in chaos, and that is directly r- related to consciousness, as I mentioned in the last episode. It's called gamma. Your gamma increases. You become more lucid. And so I was smarter, in my opinion, and the very first thing I thought was like, okay, well, this thing has a lens-like effect. Let me move around it and and investigate it some and, and kind of take a little scientific approach here and not just sit in one little spot. And so I got up and I kind of moved around and looked at this thing. And what was amazing to me, y'all, okay, have you, have you ever held up a magnifying glass and, and like moved your head around, right? What happens in a magnifying glass is the image gets reversed. And so when you move one way, the, the light that's bent in, in the, um, magnifying glass moves in the opposite direction. And also, you know, there's a very uh, consistent, obviously, because you're looking through a physical object, a very consistent warpage. There's not like any glitches or like moments where, you know, the image has to like catch up with uh, something and compensate, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a fluid motion. It's, it's reversed and it's, it's perfect because you're looking at a real object. That is exactly what I saw when I was moving around and trying to test the reality of this thing that I was looking at, the, the crystal ball, the distortion of the light behind it, it was, was perfect, Uh, a flipped image and moving in the opposite direction as I was and seamlessly and perfect. And, uh, you know, I would squat down and look at it and it would change. And, you know, it, I guys, I can understand me, my brain creating, um, some kind of angel looking, uh, deity looking thing. Right. Um, again, 3.5 billion years of evolution, um, could conceivably come up with something like that. But the, the, the level of de- how in the hell does evolution create a perfect seamless representation of warped light behind a lens that isn't there, but is there <laughs> like, like how the hell could it do that? What is the evolutionary advantage of that? Like, I can understand the evolutionary advantage of believing in an afterlife and, and um, evolving something that shows you that it's real, right? Like, like, um, like, hey, okay, how are we going to make this, uh, this human believe in an afterlife? Okay, well, let's uh, create this, uh, this angel-looking thing, right, that, that he can't explain. I get it. Okay. That, that's, that's a hard sell or not hard. sell. that that's a, that's the wrong word. That's like a, a dead ringer. It's just like, okay, boom. I see an angel. I believe in a hat and an afterlife. That's an evolutionary advantage. But what is the evolutionary advantage of freaking warped light in a lens 
and moving in a consistent and fluid manner as you walk around and squat down and analyze this crystal ball looking thing from different angles. How the fuck is that an evolutionary advantage? Um, sorry for the cursing y'all. I, I promised I would stop cursing, but, uh, to me, this thing, it took 3d form and it was real.